Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Well, my friend, having a good week? So far, so good. Yeah. It's been very busy, but it's uh, been good. Totally with you. Having a bit of a brain dead day today. <laughs> those are my funnest ones because it's really easy to tease you on those days. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not doing too bad right now for the show. Some days I'm like a blank canvas, but not so much today. <laughs> I have some... I usually can scramble up a few strong opinions. Oh, man. Can I start calling you Bob Ross Dunn since you work with blank canvases? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well done. Well done. Got to get the curly hair and the fro. Yeah, exactly. Oh, geez. I bet he was a ladies' man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet not. <laughs> hey, back then, that was probably hip. Who knows? Anyway, wow, that went downhill fast. Yeah, I wonder how many of our listeners are like, who the hell is Bob Ross Dunn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, I wish I could do an impression, but I can't. Our first <laughs> first uh, bit today is about uh, rich snippets. Now, uh, there's so many different ways of calling this schema. There's markup, uh, whatever. In this case, rich snippets are what show up in the SERPs, and they're usually a result of markup or schema. And markup or schema are things that get added to to the code on a page or to the, the content on a page to add context for Google, uh, for the machine learning code. Um, well, what, are, what are some of the kind of rich snippets so people kind of get an idea what we're talking about in the search results? Well, address information, reviews, pricing. It's all that extra information you see in the search results. Like, what? Like, hey, how come they have stars in their search results? Or, hey, look, there's actually a product pricing there or sections of a forum post. There's all that little extra stuff that you see in the search results sometimes. And the sometimes is why we're talking about it today. Exactly, because this is this kind of was this is pretty amazing. I, I didn't know this at all. So, essentially, the the news is, and I mean, you might be able to summarize it as better or better than I can. But let's say you you've got rich snippets and or you've got schema markup on all your pages, uh, and maybe a few of the pages are doing really well, and you can see the rich snippet uh, with uh, appearing on the page, and it's got the stars, it's got the pricing, whatever it might be. You're happy, and you go to another one. And another uh, search engine result, and you see that you don't have anything showing up, but your competitor does. Why is that? Was it a Googler? It was in French, so I don't know. Was it Google who said this? Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was somebody from Google who was responding to a tweet, and so all the tweet, tweets were in French. So we got this, the, the translation issue a little bit, but it's pretty clear what they were saying. We'll lead away there. Why not? Yeah, so basically what they're saying is, first of all, they don't want to clutter their search results with a bunch of these different types of, of rich snippets. Yeah, pretty distracting. They, they can be distracting. But the interesting thing that came out of this is they said that they compared the different sites that are on that search results page. And they use basically they, they use the information they get from all the sites to decide which ones get rich snippets or not for that particular search result. So it, to me, this is kind of interesting because it's the first time I can recall that Google directly said other sites will, in the search results will impact how your site is displayed, 
which makes sense if you think about it because they want to control how that all looks and feels. They're going to have to look at all the different sites that show up on that page. But I think this is the first time they've actually come out and said it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I read that and then I got sort of a more simplistic point out of all of it, and that is the best site, the, the one with the best, most relevant page is going to get the, the better chance of having their snippet appear. Yeah. So, yeah, so that makes more Googly sense. <laughs> and it, Google yeah, it makes more Google-esque sense. So like if all 10 listings had rich snippets for the same search result, all 10 are not going to display it, just the ones that they think are the best. Maybe I, I, I've never seen more than one or two. Have you? I think it's yeah. probably going to be one or two yeah. for that particular snippet type. Um, sometimes I don't, it's very rare that you see multiple snippet types in the same search results. Like one will have stars and one will have pricing. It's usually the same kind because that kind of information really ties back to the specific search query, right? Uh, if a search query is asking about prices, you're probably going to see the pricing snippets. If it's asking about reviews, you're going to see the review snippets. It's not likely you're going to see pricing snippets when someone's asking about reviews. Yeah, you know, I think what's most surprising about this information is I always, and I still think it is, I think how rich snippets appear is a moving target. They're testing it. So I was surprised they kind of said this because I, I don't know whether there is a hard and fast rule at this point. And, and that's what I tell whenever anybody asks me. I say there's, there's very few, if any, things at Google that are black and white and apply yeah. the same way to everybody. That right? isn't going to be gray tomorrow or, or exactly. white that black and what black that's going to be white the next day or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we really don't listen to our show. It's pretty useless. <laughs> no, we get to talk about we get to talk about Ansel Adams Zone System every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you'll you'll learn what's going on today, and and hopefully you listen to it quickly, the show quickly. There you go, and it'll be up to date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll be up to date. <laughs> um, and, and okay, so that's that. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Snippets are uh, you know a big part of our life in, in the SEO world. You've got to make sure that your your search snippet, the the, the results you get are as optimized as you can for click-through. Yeah. So this isn't optimized for like, no, to actually be there. You're, you've done that work. You're there already. It's now to make sure that that snippet looks good. It's the kind of thing that people want to click. Yeah. And if you're new to snippets and new to schema, just go to schema.org, S-C-H-E-M-A.org, yeah. and you learn as much as you can about it. There's lots of stuff, lots Take of great information. Take a big cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a long lunch if you want. Either one. I don't know. You need something to keep yourself awake. <laughs> <laughs> but everything you need knows in there. Yeah. Uh, it might take you a while to pull it out, but it's there somewhere. Yeah. All right, so we got a real nerdy one coming up here for thanks. <laughs> so, uh, social engineering content warnings are now being provided in Google Search Console, and these are these are manual action notifications, uh, which is a bit of a shock. Actually, is it manual action? Because it it, it yes, looks it to be it's automated. No, it's, it said it was manual action, very specifically when, the, at least in the article that uh, Jennifer hmm. wrote. Because hmm. uh, the, the, the screenshot they show here looks like one of those things that they send out saying, hey, look at this, you need to, or, or your, your site needs to be improved, here are some steps to take. You know, it's, it's very automated, but uh, anyway. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Uh, the point is... Yeah. I, think, I think just the fact that they picked the term social engineering to describe this as great... I always think with Angelina Jolie whenever I hear about social engineering because that was a big piece of that movie. But uh, it's it's a great way to describe it and make it really confusing, which is one of Google's favorite things to do because most people don't understand what do they what do they mean by social engineering content, right? Yeah. 
And it's crazy. And let me read you. I can read you what the, the actual notification says here. The Google Safe Browsing Systems have decided that some pages on your site might be hacked or might include third-party resources such as ads. That's the key part right there to me is such as ads that are designed to trick users into <laughs> into installing metric or malicious software or giving up uh, sensitive information to protect your site. Blah blah blah. So basically, what they're saying, if you make it, if you break it down simply, no, right? no, that's not blah blah blah. To protect your site's visitors, your site has been demoted in Google search results. Okay. Yeah, good point. I was going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And browsers such as Google Chrome now display a warning when visit users visit your site. It has been demoted, so you do have a penalty, and you are going to get that thing to flag up if you see this in Search Console. Before I was going to, I was going to talk about the ads piece, and I think the ads piece is really critical here. Jennifer, when she wrote an article on this, had a really good point, and she puts it out. She said, they recently made it to sites with deceptive advertising, such as the download button ads. So like, if you see an ad at the bottom of a gallery, or it says click here to go next, and it kind of tricks you into clicking there, but it's not to go to the next screen. Oh, I hate those things. They're designed to confuse site visitors, but those are now de- can be flagged as deceptive, right? So it's an ad that's flagged as deceptive. There's a lot of systems out there that people put on their websites where ads rotate in and out and they get paid, you know, it's a small percentage, but they don't know what ads are showing up on their site from, from day to day. And if these kind of ads show up on your site and you don't know it, you could, you could end up getting, as, as Ross clearly pointed out, um, demoted in Google because of ads on your site that you didn't even know were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I, is, there's a real issue there, and I, I hope that yeah. they figure some way to address it. I'm not convinced they will, but it, it's it, it's all about the ad, ad network you're using and, and how much control you have over it. And maybe that's yeah. something that other ones will start to increase if they see this being an issue. They'll start to increase your ability to control things. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. And, and and like you said before the show, Ross, it's it's all about Google saying, well, if you don't like the ads there, why don't you use our ad network? We, we filter that stuff out. <laughs> exactly. So, and back to the funny thing, I still think and we were both snickering about the, the, the name, social engineering content detected. So in other words, ways to fool people. And Google just had to go all nerdy and call it social engineering content, which has tons of people confused. <laughs> no oh, yeah. wonder. There's a lot of people that have no clue what this means. <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway, let's take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk about AMP, Accelerated Mobile Pages. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. 
Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrands with a... Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So accelerated mobile pages, they're kind of being the, being the hot topic for a while now in the sort of the advanced yep. SEO realm, or at least the news realm. It's definitely getting pushed out. Uh, yeah. People are talking about it. Yeah. It's interesting because Google's bumping up their support for it, too. There's, there's support in Webmaster Help forums now for it. There's a special section tied to AMP, so you can ask questions and go in. And they recently launched a demo slash testing tool that you can go in and put in a page and see how it would work. So you can demo how it might work for a page, but you can also use it to test pages you're building to see if they're working correctly. So they're putting a lot of support behind this, and as well they should, because um, they've got a. They, it, it's interesting that this and right about the same exact time, it looks like Facebook got pushed into making their instant articles, which is basically a competing technology. There's there's conversations around whether it is or it isn't, um, but it's basically kind of they do the same thing. They make the content instantly available. Um, but Facebook this week also pushed out that now it's available to all publishers. It was just on a limited, you know, you had to be accepted into their beta program. Well, now that AMP is taking off, Facebook is now making it available to all publishers because they're going head to head on this pretty hard. And it's to me personally, it's it's challenging because now we have to decide as an organization, we're publishers, which do we want to support? Do we try to support both of these? Do we go in both directions? Do we put our energies in one versus the other? If we decide to do both, well, one's going to have to be a priority over the other. Which one are we going to do? It's making it difficult for us um, as an organization to really hone in on what's the best thing to do for our users. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get more we get more traffic from Google. Um, Twitter's already on AMP, so do we count the Twitter content into the AMP conversation? Um, it's it's one of those weird things. It's like we have we're having meetings next week to try to figure out what we're going to do with these two different platforms. And something I'll, I'll show you in a sec here, uh, John. Here I'll just paste it. Uh, there's also notices. Have you have you seen a notice yet about AMP in Google Webmaster Tools? No. It's the first one I've seen yet. It came to one of my clients. It's huge. It's pardon the size. Uh, without showing the name here, of course, to anyone. But uh, here's what they said: Google has detected that news content on your site might benefit from enhanced exposure oh, on that's Google right, Search yeah. if you this implement accelerated mobile pages. The following steps will guide you through the process of creating AMP pages. When you're done with these steps, Google Search may f- show these pages in AMP-related features. Uh, and it, it goes through the whole steps and how to add the article markup and mm. see the reports and test it. it pretty cool i mean it's the first time i've seen it sent out odd choice of, of sites but uh in yeah. any case well, it's, it's interesting to me that, that they they've really focused amp on news 
And Instant Articles is focused on publisher as well. But for AMP in particular, um, it's kind of curious because to be in Google News, you have to be an accepted publisher, right? You have to go through the process and, and, and really be, okay, we're accepted into Google News. However, when you see those blocks in a, in a standard organic news search where it says, um, in the news, that's not news publishers. That's anybody. That could be a brand website. If the news is about a brand, their brand website might show up there. If it's about a celebrity, that celebrity's Twitter account might show up in the in the news block. So there's a there's a big difference between being in Google News and showing up in the in the news block on the Google um, search, regular search results page. What I haven't figured out yet is does AMP just apply to Google News or does it apply to that in the news box? And there has been a thing going around. There was a test they did for publishers, Google did, um, where they were showing. They're actually looking at building a carousel for news now, just like you might see with um, many of the other search results types. When you get those carousel results across the top with the black bar with the different images to link through to, we're looking at doing that with news as well. But that's going to be purely based on AMP implementation. So you'll only be able to show up in that in that news carousel if you're using AMP pages. So it's it's getting really interesting, and I think the the battle between AMP and Instant Articles is just starting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I I, uh, huh. I don't know. It's it's a moving target again, as with most things at Google these days. But um, I, I I do think it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some really good uh, plugins and systems. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some yeah. preliminary ones out there now for even for WordPress. In fact, yeah, I know there, there are, are, but yeah. I don't know. Just how good they are yet. I mean, they're always going to be trying to be fitting everyone and making everyone happy, which never works. But that's the question, right? If the plugins for WordPress, and then we get hundreds of thousands of people who have a WordPress site decide, oh, I need this plugin, I need AMP pages, but none of them are in Google News, and this only applies to Google News. It's a total waste for everybody that did that without getting into Google News. That said, if it does include the pieces of, you know, the in the news section on organic search results, then it might be worthwhile for some of them, but definitely not all of them. I, it's but again, taking this a step further, next year maybe AMP they roll it out. They start applying AMP to everybody and not just publishers and news. And these people are you know ahead of the game. It, it, who knows how this is gonna gonna happen? I mean, it's one of those things where you got to watch it on a regular basis, and it's going to change frequently. Well, and it's another one of those little edges you can get. All things created equal. If you have AMP and someone else doesn't, you'll get a better, you get more visibility. So. Maybe. Um, well, they do say that. If you're a news site. Right now, it's focused on publishers and yeah, news. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. And, and right now, what we, actually, we don't know that. We yeah, know that that's right. their goal, we but we don't know. <laughs> so either way, I mean, the, the site that this was sent to, it certainly wasn't a news site. You know, the client I showed you there. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, hell, the, the, it's an it's a e-commerce site. Like, what the hell? <laughs> anyway. yeah. Good point. Yeah, so Google's obviously sending mixed messages. Surprise, surprise. Shocking. <laughs> uh, they got to keep us on our toes. Okay. <laughs> um, now, the next one is a bit technical. Uh, not, the, not what we've talked about so far isn't a little bit over SEO 101, but this one's a little more. So, cause, but, but because uh, all of our listeners have access to their Google search console, right? Right? They better. <laughs> They better make sure you've got it signed up because this, this is the kind of notices you can get from Google. They'll give you a heads up. And this is the HF Rang, uh, HF, uh, HREF Lang, geez, 
error in Search Console. What is it? It's a language error. It's, it's saying, okay, I'm going to read one to you. Actually, this is one that was sent to one of my clients uh, yesterday. It says, you're almost there. We found the hreflang tags on your site, but a few of them have technical problems. Take a look at our hreflang report to see which of your hreflang tags have issues. Until you fix these tag errors, your website will not benefit from additional language or regional targeting. Um, hreflang, it allows you to, well, a few things. I'm going to try and do this. <laughs> uh, essentially, allows you to target different languages and countries um, using a tag. So you can say this particular page is based on this language uh, and, and I believe, it's been so long since I've read this stuff, but I believe then it can also be tied to a country. But it doesn't always get tied to a country. You can have different languages for, uh, I mean, you could have Spanish and English, obviously, for the United States, simplifying this, of course, French and Canadian for Canada. Um, But I suppose you could throw another language in there for Canada as well. There's lots of options. Anyways, there are certain ways it has to be written, and, and they're sending out these error notices. So. And they're going through, and they're also showing up in Search Console, right? That's what I'm that's looking get, at here. Yeah, yeah, that's where you get. It's 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 one of those things that makes you go, hmm. You know, on the first hand, they give us all these conflicting information about AMP, but then they're trying super hard to be really helpful on other things. I wish they would be this helpful on everything. You know what I mean? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wishes were horses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh well. Well, it's 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 good for business, though, right? (laughs) It is. It is. It is. Now, uh, just another uh, little oops here. Another conflicting message is pretty funny. Uh, Just the other day, uh, they were talking about how uh, Google certified uh, that there's not going to be any kind of SEO certification for companies. So, because Google just finds from Google, from Google, yes. And it was quite a, a long drawn out thing, and and and. All of a sudden, I believe it was Barry. Was it Barry that saw this? I know it was on his site. Actually, Aaron Aaron Wall. Aaron Wall found it. um, That uh, (laughs) Google had posted something about uh, choosing a Google certified SEO company. Uh, Actually, how did they put it? Yeah, Google certified partner to help you implement a smart SEO strategy and drive more traffic to your site. Uh, (laughs) They meant SEM. (laughs) Yeah, really. You'd think so, except the rest of it's all about SEO. It's, it's, it's somebody didn't know what they were doing. Uh, yeah. Because anyway. Google does not have that. I, I don't, yeah, and this is very official. This is, you can see it on, on Search Engine Roundtable. That's seroundtable.com. Um, we're reading it from February 19th. It's, the title is Google Now Offering Google Certified Partners for SEO? Question mark. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, just speechless when I saw this. Uh, guys. Uh, it, it's just too big a company. At times, it just doesn't have the communication, does yeah, it? They they definitely have the left hand right hand problem. <laughs> definitely. Ah, dear. All right. Well, let's uh, take a quick break, and we're going to get back. We're going to talk about uh, uh, well, something a little humorous I found about Yelp, and uh, then some questions from our listeners. SEO one hundred and one will be back right after recess. 
Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Now, I, I this is barely SEO, but it was just so amazing to me that I had to add it. Okay, so this is the title. Yelp reviewer sued by business with non-disparagement clause. I couldn't believe this. So essentially a business is suing a former client after they left a negative review on Yelp. This is because that former client had signed a contract which included a non-disparagement clause. Mind-boggling. They're saying that... That they were sent to cease and desist, and, and when they refused to remove the review, I'm quoting here, they found themselves on the receiving end of a lawsuit for more than $6,700. This isn't the first time this has come up. Businesses have been doing this. Well, actually, this could be an urban legend, so I don't know for sure, but I heard a story about a company that paid a vendor or paid a guy um, with a check. On the back of the check, they had written this, these clauses with this disparity thing. And so for him to sign the check to get it cashed, he had to sign that he agreed not to say anything bad about them. Oh right? God. So, I mean, and this kind of stuff has been happening for a little while now. And every time I've heard about it, it gets thrown out of the court almost immediately. Um, but it's just it, people try to do the weirdest things to protect their reputation. And I think we said this on the last show. The best thing you can do to protect, protect your reputation is provide good service and good quality products, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> if well, you have to go through that many hoops to make sure somebody doesn't say anything bad about you, you got problems other than that. Yeah, and you know it. And yeah. you're probably willfully doing it. So you deserve all the misery you get because, of course, this is triggering a lot of people to, to leave more one-star reviews, people like this. In fact, I'll quote this last this paragraph here. Anti-disparagement clauses have been getting a lot of heat in recent years. California recently banned the practice, and some businesses have even taken it a step further. 
such as in the case where a hotel hosting a bride and groom informed the couple they would be fined five hundred dollars for every negative review one of the couple's guests left. I remember oh, that one. My yeah. God, I remember that one. Uh, anyway, I, I get a lot of people asking me about reviews and how they can fix them and stuff. And we talked about it in the last show. I'm going to reiterate. If you get a negative review, it's not the end of the world. Just respond to it. Do your best to fix it and, and make it very clear that you did. Um, if you get a ton of them, well, there's something wrong. I mean, that's, that's just simple fact. You've got to fix something. And, um, uh, but in most cases, I find, uh, maybe because I'm lucky and I work with really good clients, but I mean, when it comes down to it, they only get one or two. And it's usually a small percentage. And if anything, it just looks more authentic. Their profile looks more authentic. And as long as they've responded, it looks, yeah, it looks good decent let's call it decent <laughs> okay so let's uh, jump into some questions from our listeners all right so the first one's from levi he says i was wondering if anyone out there could help me out i'm looking to help my mother who has recently launched a website on biostatistical consulting she would like to improve her seo she has no experience whatsoever with anything related to seo she also is not looking to spend a whole lot of money she just needs someone to assist with getting her started and making suggestions how she can improve her site and offering some help she he wanted to know if there's any recommendations we can make and, and luckily of course our awesome community has uh, put in Ooh. quite a few pieces of feedback there. yeah and, and the first thing when you're make, when you're making a request like this please please drop in the url it really helps people on the community who want to help to help because if they don't know where to go know what to look for you know it's hard so make sure you throw in the url if you're making a request like this yeah and so let's since we don't have the URL, we'll, we'll just, I don't know, name a few things. So the first thing I always try and get a client to do is think about what their goals are. I mean, it's, it's a, right back to the basics here. What do you want to be found for? What do you know is going to help you in your business? Don't make it ego. It's not about making sure your, your business is showing up under this totally useless word that's not going to get you business, but looks good. You want to get, you want to be found. Hell, in some cases, if it's too competitive, you want to tar- target the long tail. So, um, you're targeting uh, topics and, and, and keywords that are, are the, the sort of things that people look for when they're really at the point of buying or they're looking for a very specific service. Usually there's less competition and it's a lot easier to get there in short order. Um, and really, it's, 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 a, it's about having that message, um, being very clear about what you are, about what, what you do, um, your authority, uh, you know, building that authority through content. It's a few ideas, it's, anyway. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's actually <laughs> it's a big question with a pretty fundamental answer, right? You know, and in this particular case, she's got a website on biostatistical consulting. Pretty sure that's not a super highly competitive field. However, that consulting piece is important because when people are looking for consultants, they want knowledgeable people, and when they go to search, the first thing they're doing is asking a question. And if you have the answers to those questions on your website, you made that first step in understanding, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. And especially with a consulting business, the more content you have on your site, the more questions you can answer about your, your niche, the better you're going to do. So like Ross said, it's content. It's, it's really content. You make sure the technical pieces are okay from an SEO perspective, that, that the content can be found and understood. You build the content first and foremost. Uh, the authority is going to come, especially in a very, you know, hypothetically low competitive space like this one in particular. I can't imagine biostatistical consulting is highly competitive, but I guess it depends on where you are, right? You know, some places could be more competitive than others. Well, it could have a very but obscure I, phrasing too. 
that yeah. as a result, there's a lot of competitors in those one area, in that one area. Who knows? I mean, if, especially if it's so, yeah. Um, right, but at the same time, I think I think you hit the nail on the head, Ross. It's it's all about content, proving yourself as an authority in your space. If you build yourself up as an authority in your space, people are going to use you as a resource, both in social and with with links, and that's going to help build your offsite authority for your SEO. Pretty fundamental here. I mean, this is pretty much the same for every client of every SEO. You need to be you need to be producing content that, and position yourself as an authority in your niche. Um, primarily and foremost, before you do anything else. I mean, once your site, is, once the technical aspects of your site are are nailed down and, and clean, then that's the next step. You have to become the authority in your space. So, yeah, and, and another, another thing too is if you find that uh, there is a lot of competition in your space, and, and it seems like most of your competitors have done an amazing job of creating uh, written content. Well, challenge yourself and go video. Do something that they haven't done a lot on. Become the person for that area, for that segment, that vertical of, of, of training or, or, or just plain authority. Um, or do, well, ideally, do both. But, I mean, the, the idea here is you don't have to go for them head on. Um, go and, and try and work a different piece. I get a podcast. Get, get, a, get a video. You know, get all these different aspects that people just do you, don't want to do, do or don't have time for. Do you know anybody who gets business from a podcast, Ross? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh th- thank you uh levi i hope that that helps i know we've talked before on the phone and uh, you're a great guy so i hope your mom does well got yep. enough help to get going here and, and, and don't be surprised if you ask these kind of questions in the community you're going to have people that are going to offer help absolutely but there's going to be people who say hey call me i can help you with that and try to sell you too it happens there's people that are trying to earn a living but expect some of both so uh the next question is from alina could someone recommend some vital SEO steps when it comes to changing my company name and address? Uh, let's start with that one because there's a few questions here. Uh, <laughs> um, and we don't have a lot of time here. So uh, vital steps when it comes to changing a company name and address. So first of all, if you're a local, if you're, if you're focused on local business, then there's significant work involved there. When you're changing a company name, that alone is a big question. Uh, if you're a local-based company, how are you going to be found, right? Uh, how is anyone going to be able to find you? Uh, you know, you could put information out there about the change. Make sure that Google can index it, saying that this company name has changed to this company name. It's still going to be a bit clunky for people to find you. Um, I'm actually going to ask John if you have a, a clear, quick answer to that. I don't think there is one though. There's, well, there's, there's. Well, first of all, hopefully they've already claimed a lot of their local profiles. Some of the at least the major yes. ones. There's the first thing you want to do is go into all those local profiles: Google Maps, um, Bing, Yahoo, Yelp, Foursquare. Those those top tier business profiles. You want to go in and make sure you update those. You want to go in and change the name, change the address, make sure they're all the same. You don't want to call have your address be uh, 123 main st in one and then 123 main street in another one, right? Make sure they're consistent. Update them. The next thing you want to do is get your data distribution done. So there's there's a number of primary databases that most companies use um, to get their 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 business data from. 
Um, Moz Local has access to these. Um, there's a company called UBL. Um, but basically, you submit in. I think Moz Local is one of my favorite ways to do it because you go in, and I think it's like 49 bucks for the year, and it'll submit you to the major databases. And what these databases do, they're a repository, and you want to make sure your information is correct in these repositories. So if you change an address, change uh, uh, the name of your business, you want to update in these databases. So when some small third-tier directory decides to go in and get your business, they have the right information, and that's another citation out there somewhere with the proper information. Okay, so that's something that, yeah, that's, I mean, we do that here at Step Force, and, and that's great. There's great tips. What I was meaning is if you're changing your company name, you still want to retain that branding. You want people to be able to find you easily enough. You're going to want to put something out there to state that this is our new name um, and, and make it very simple for anyone to find you. And unfortunately, a lot of these these directories, I mean, I've got one, uh, listing uh, for Stepforth when we lo- when we had a different location that says closed now and there's no way for me to remove it. And I kind of like that concept. You could say, I don't know, and I guess what I was getting at, John, is if you, do you know any way where you can leave this this company has changed the address, some sort of a redirect in terms of name anywhere? Not really, no. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the databases are the main way to do that, right? Yeah. That, that company for Stepforth that has the old address and says closed now, this is one of the things you run into that there's not much you can do about it. If they don't update that information on a regular basis, even if it's annually, right? You know, if they update it, most likely they're going to go to these databases to get these new updates. The problem is that little directory somewhere has to pay for that update. They have to pay for that to go in and update all their information. And unless they're making money, they're not going to pay to update it. And unless you have the ability to go in and claim it on that little local level, you're not going to be able to update it. I personally don't recommend going in and claiming it anyway because once you claim it, if they do a database update, yours does not get updated. And then from then on, you're required to manually update that anytime. So you can end up with having hundreds of these things you have to go in and manually update where the database update methodology is a lot more um, accurate and doesn't not nearly as resource intensive or time intensive to get done. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, and the rest of the question actually was around those directories. And, yeah, absolutely going in and changing. Keep in mind, too, that uh, the Moz Local that you mentioned, I think that was the one you mentioned, 49, right? Um, yeah, I think Moz Local is about right around $50 a year. And it's UBL. only in the U.S. Yeah, it's only in the U.S. Um, UBL is one I've used in the past. You can go directly to some of them. Localese is one of the direct, you can go directly to Localese, but I think you still have to pay to, to update them. Axiom. Um, there's I can't remember all three of them or four of them off the top of my head. Locally's Axiom. Um, I'll put I'll put the list up on the Google community. I don't remember off the top of my head. Sure. Um, and the last bit here of her question was: Are there any recommendations for a find and replace plugin for WordPress to update the name? And um, I haven't tried any of these, but they are there are some notes in the community from people who are suggesting plugins. Uh, do you know of one off the top of your head, John, or just we just send it one there? No, yeah, just just send everybody there. Yeah, so um, you'll find that in our Google Plus uh, community, uh, SEO 101. But, just go there and you'll but, find it. But it's interesting to know when you think about it, especially from a local search perspective, and the NAP. Okay, the NAP is the, the acronym for the name, address, phone number, which is the three pieces of data that search engines will look at to identify a business. We know this is real business because these three things appear together all over the place. That's what your citations are made of. So your, your NAP is critical. But when you look at those three pieces of information, the NAP, name, address, phone number, um, the name, 
there's many businesses with the same name. There's a, there's a, there's a McDonald's and a Starbucks on every corner, right? There are multiple instances of businesses with the same address. If you have a suite number or you're, you're in a mall and you have a, 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 you know, or in an office building where you have the same address, the one piece of data out of those three that is the, the primary piece of data is the phone number. That's the one thing that's, that's almost universally unique for each business or should be. Right. So when you're looking at the NAP, changing the name, changing the address, while they have to be fixed, are not nearly as critical as if you if you change your phone number. That's the big one that really will impact you from a local search perspective. They'll all impact you, but that one has much more impact. Yeah, and don't change them to a toll-free number. Yeah, or a call tracking number. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kiss of death. Yeah. Well, uh, there you are. Well, I think we had a good show. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page. Easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. You can also reach me via Ross at StepForth.com. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Okay. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.